Dance Your Heart on Fire podcast, episode number 76. I wanted to just take a moment and go back in time and talk about how you first got introduced to dance. Okay. Um, I start to dance basically because I want to I wanna search for my culture, for half of my culture. Let's mm-hmm. understand this. So what's I'm half, half of your culture? I'm, far, I'm half Portuguese. Mm-hmm. I'm Brazilian and Portuguese. I have Portuguese blood. I actually, I, I have a lot of things on my blood, but uh, <laughs> that I know, <laughs> I am Portuguese and Brazilian. And mm. then in Brazil, we have um, a huge culture of uh, Portuguese uh, families in Portuguese houses. What mm. that means. Those houses, they still uh, sharing the Portuguese culture inside of Brazil. Mm. And my Portuguese family are a little bit far from from me, and I always want to know a little bit more about them and about what is Portugal, what means being Portu- uh, Portuguese, mm-hmm. especially because I speak Portuguese and I'm not Portuguese, I'm Brazilian. <laughs> <laughs> The Dance Your Heart on Fire podcast, the podcast dedicated to inspiring dancers worldwide whose hearts have been touched by music and dance. The universal language of dance and music is spoken by many of us throughout the world. We want to motivate the dancer in you by sharing stories, insights, and ideas to enhance your journey. Join us now with your host, Charles Ogar. Hello, hello, everyone. This is Charles with the Dance Your Heart on Fire podcast. I'm coming at you with another episode, and I'm very, very happy to have a very talented dancer that I have noticed uh, in my, I guess, intro into the Brazilian Zook world. And I'm very happy to have William here on the line with me. Hello, hello, everybody. Hello, thank you for the invitation. Hope I'm gonna answer all your questions and get to let you know a little bit how I think about dancing situation in the world now mm-hmm. and so on. Thank for you sure. for definitely. So uh, as you know, I'm more of an urban kids guy, but I've started dabbling a little bit in Brazilian souk. Uh, I've been into Jack and Jill's on the novice division, and I got fourth place on my second one. So it's good to start to learn a new dance. You know, Brazilian Zouk is really cool. I love the, the wide range of music that you can dance to, which is really, really crazy. I feel like the, the Zookers are definitely more open to the different types of music that you can dance to, more so than in the kids' side. So it's fun to play around with fun music. And yeah, I met you for the first time in Denver and Elevation. Uh, that was when... You were there in Elevation teaching in Denver. Uh, you did that awesome demo with Paloma to that uh, song. The um, what is it called? You just me now, yes. And I was remembering the song was uh, I was remembering the rhythm the of the night. The rhythm, yeah. Uh-huh. The new version of the J Bobby. Yeah. Yes, that song is so awesome, and I got a chance to see you and Paloma teach, which was really awesome as well. 
Um, I'm also good friends with Nat and Gigi here yeah. in Austin, and I think they train with you as well. So it's yeah, good to do. have you uh, on the podcast. For sure, definitely. So for people on the podcast who may have never heard about you before, can you let the people know what you did in the dancing before all of the coronavirus stuff? Okay, so you mean like how I stopped dancing? No, uh, just like today, what does your dance life look like? Or what did it look like before Corona? Okay, uh, my dance life looks amazing before coronavirus. <laughs> I was traveling a lot. Actually, I was not traveling as much as like maybe two years ago, because now I have a baby. But I was traveling a lot and I was happy working most of the events. I have a lot of, a lot of time to train. I was practicing my new choreos. Mm. I was investing on a bachata competition. I get third position on one important bachata here for professional couples. Oh, wow. So in Spain, so this is a, is a, is a big deal for me. Yes. And I was really in happy. Spain, the, I bet the competition is fierce. Everything <laughs> was growing. My life was going and like I was trying new things and everything was working well and it looks like it was just... Uh, getting up, getting mm -hmm. even higher. And then I, we just received this uh, big news. I was a little bit scared already because I was in Australia when I, I received that, mm -hmm. uh, the news. That was like maybe five months ago. Mm -hmm. And uh, I received the news that probably the borders is going to be closed and all the problems was, was starting to happen. Mm -hmm. And I was afraid not to go back home. <clears throat> and I still have After Australia, I still have uh, to go to Singapore mm. for one week and a half, almost two weeks. So I was afraid because my friends, my people were saying like, oh, and then you go to Singapore. In Singapore, there is mm -hmm. it's going a lot. There's a lot of cases, but it was not happening this way because um, Singapore is part of Asia, right? <laughs> but um, in most of the, the parts in Asia was starting crazy but singapore was very very well safe at that moment they didn't have any case uh when i land there mm -hmm. um and then when i was i was there i felt very safe because they all use the the machine to check your temperature mm -hmm. uh the, everywhere mcdonald hotels oh, wow. restaurants everywhere there was mm -hmm. no place that you can get inside without checking yourself mm -hmm. so um was great i felt i felt safe and then i come back to madrid finally the mm -hmm. border was not closed so i come back to madrid and two days later the borders were closed wow so it was like whoa i was i was the luckiest person in the world mm -hmm. imagine i'm at least 14 days out of my family without like for no reason like with reason but yes, not for sure. me, you know <laughs> And then uh, I went back home. Finally, uh, we start to understand a little bit more what was going on at that moment. That seriously, we we were be closed on our country and mm -hmm. then closed on our house. Mm -hmm. So we were realizing that this would happen. And then we start to think like, what we're we gonna do with our jobs and how we're we gonna manage it, right, to survive because we don't know what's going on. It could be a week. It could Correct. be here. You know, mm -hmm. so and it's it's happening this way. Unfortunately, it's going even longer, uh, and we don't know exactly why, right? We don't mm -hmm. know why it's going that bigger, how it starts, 
who starts everything. It's always someone putting the mistake on another. Yeah, definitely. Right? So um, we didn't know. And then we start to think about projects and things that we could do online. Mm-hmm. Then we start with our um, uh, Latin dance school. Mm-hmm. where we offer many, many different um, dance styles, salsa, bachata, um, zouk, uh, special trains for followers, special train, training for leaders. So that have a lot of uh, things. And it's not only us teaching, there's many other teachers as well. Mm-hmm. So they have opportunity to, to learn the, the favorite teachers there. And uh, I start that together with two other guys. They support me a lot. Uh, was Glenn from he's in Taiwan. He's working in Taiwan. Gotcha. And Cherry from Cherry from Singapore. They all they started together. We talked with each other. So like, oh, let's do it. I know this. She knows that. I know this. We mm-hmm. put together and let's do it. So and this is an online school. Yeah, it's an online school where you have regular courses and packages as well. Mm-hmm. So you can have packages or regular courses depends on which dance style you would like or and which teacher as well. And what's the name of that online school? Latin uh, Latin Dance School. www.latindanceschool.com Okay, sweet. So that way people can check that out as well. Yeah, yeah. Yes. It's crazy to see how fast uh, the entire partner dance world changed, you know? Uh, Salsa, Bachata, Kizomba, Zouk, West Coast Swing, nobody can have dance events anymore throughout the whole entire world. So that's pretty crazy for that to happen because it's never happened before in our in the history of dance, I think. Unless you want to go back to the 1918 Spanish. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But now we're a lot more globalized, you know, like we're I mean, as a dance instructor, you're dancing from country to country. You yeah. could be in four different countries in one month, you know? Yeah, sure. So, you yes. It's, I was five already. <laughs> <laughs> in five different places in one month. Mm-hmm. It happened already. So, it's awesome that uh, a lot of us are starting to go online and trying to make do with uh, earning some income for sure. Uh, you mentioned that you're a father as well, so congratulations. Thank uh, you. I think mm-hmm. you have a daughter, yes? I have a daughter. Uh, she's 10 months older. Oh, wow, so... Yeah, oh, 10, months, 10 months? No, 11 already. Okay. She's going to be completing one year next month. Mm-hmm. And I have a boy as well, five years old. Okay. So two so kids I, now. Yeah, two kids. I have two kids. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, the fabric stops <laughs> right now. So. The factory is closed. <laughs> if I have another one, I think I'm going to just adopt. Yeah. Yes, that's awesome. I haven't had any kids of my own yet, but I know it's a big responsibility, you know, especially when they are younger because they basically need care 24-7, you know? They depend on you. Whatever they do, they need your hand. They need you bringing them everywhere. So it's um, it's a 24-hour A 24-hour job for sure. (laughs) Definitely. So, um, you mentioned your projects in the dance scene and how you were competing in bachata and have all these initiatives and there's definitely an upswing in your projects around the world. And, um, I wanted to just take a moment and go back in time and talk about how you first got introduced to dance. Okay. Um, I start to dance basically 
because I wanna I wanna search for my culture, for half of my culture. Let's mm -hmm. understand this. So what's I'm half of your culture? I'm far. I'm half Portuguese. Mm -hmm. I'm Brazilian and Portuguese. I have Portuguese blood. Actually, I I have a lot of things on my blood, but uh, <laughs> that I know, <laughs> I am Portuguese and Brazilian. And mm. then in Brazil, we have um, a huge culture of uh, Portuguese uh, families in Portuguese houses. What mm. that means? Those houses they still uh, sharing the Portuguese culture inside of Brazil. Mm. And my Portuguese family are a little bit far from, from me and I always want to know a little bit more about them and about what is Portugal, what means be Portu uh, Portuguese, mm -hmm. especially because I speak Portuguese and I'm not Portuguese, I'm Brazilian. <laughs> I want to know, like, <laughs> why did we get so interested on the language or how did mm -hmm. we learn the language and, and so on and everything. And uh, then I get into one house of, of that and it was focus on the dance as well. We have a groups that dancing folklore, Portuguese folklore. And that was the moment when I start to really dance in one group and learn in one school. But of course I was dancing since I was baby with my father because mm. it was from us to play samba and dance free, look at each other, have fun. So we mm. are always, we have, we have this culture, right? And then I could learn more. I could know more. I could dance better. Then I started this group. I was, uh, I was maybe 11 years old, 12 years old, something like that. I was 12 mm -hmm. years old. And then I was there. I was there for three years. And what my was, turn. Um, here, what was the name of that Portuguese dance that you did? It's a folklore dancing. We have names for the musics and for the choreos that, for the choreos that we have. Mm -hmm. For example, we have Shula Picada, Vira, Elvira. Mm -hmm. Probably you hear his name, Vira. Yes. Because it's very like famous, let's say, name of uh, music there, too. So we have the name for the songs, mm -hmm. but we don't have the, the, the name of the dance. Ah, uh, I got you. It's a Portuguese folklore dance. For basically. sure. And it's like a part of the culture that's not really uh, yeah. labeled like and as. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? From Poland yes. and the stuff and so on. So then um, we. Uh, I want to do that a lot. My family support me a lot. They were going there. My cousin went there with me. My brother went there with me. End up almost all the family dancing there together. Um, and I found a couple dance where we I could dance with um, a partner because mm -hmm. I was most of the time there alone. The contact with the partner was very shorter and was not leading. I didn't lead. She knows mm. the choreograph. I know the choreograph. We just connected each other and moved somewhere, you know? So, uh, when I found the social dance and everything, I was almost 16 years old. Mm -hmm. And I love it. I love it. On my second week dancing there, I, I already have in my mind that this is for my life. I want this forever. And I, I'm going to be on that. Even if it's my gonna be my job or if it's gonna be my full time love, you know. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but uh, anyway, I, I will be here and I will do that. And it was an Alex Carvalho school. I've heard of this guy. Yeah, yeah <laughs> this guy is really good. It's really good as well. It's my father in dance, mm -hmm. and uh, he really support a lot. Together with me, other teachers there, like Rafa Oliveira, is one of my teachers as well. So at that moment. 
for me, there was a complete different world. I was young, connecting with other people, connecting with the female as well. Like touching a female for me <laughs> was like 16, 15 years old. Mm. It's still a taboo. It's still, <laughs> yeah, I, for sure. I, I fight with my everything. So it was a completely new world and I love it. I love it and I stay till now. And this, the social dance that you did with Alex, was it uh, Brazilian Zouk? I did many, many dances there. Brazilian Zouk was the latest I learned in the school. Mm. I learned first for her, somebody da fiera, mm. bolero, tango, vals. Uh, well, I was learning so many things. Salsa, I learned salsa a lot too there. And then I start Zouk. Mm. And the first class was horrible because I, they put myself on like a wrong level class. It was too high for, for me. Mm. And I get lost. I was, I was desperate in the class. Mm. <laughs> I, I had a very bad feeling. And one month later, a friend of mine said, oh, come on, Will, you have to try. You're dancing well, all the things. So like, you for sure you're going to understand Zoom. Come sure. to the class with me. And I was like, okay. I went to that class with him and it was a good level, was a little bit low and I could understand. So mm-hmm. then I get to, to understand Mozuk, love Mozuk. And then people watching me dancing, say like, oh, this guy dances so, so well, he's, he's good. But, and then start to be William Zook, <laughs> you mm-hmm, know? For sure. William Peixeira more Zook than all the things, but I was dancing all the things still. I still, to today, learning my bachata, my kizomba, salsa, especially because I work with that here in the city too. So I have to be focused and still learning to definitely any any new updates. (laughs) I've heard of, and maybe you can speak a little bit to this, that um, with the dance culture in Brazil, and even from the little bit that I know about Brazilian uh, culture, it's not just one dance. Uh, Like the dances you mentioned before, uh, Fojo and some of the the cafeira, like there seems to be like you just don't study one dance. Uh, can no, you speak a little bit on this culture of like why the partner dance is such? Why do you have to like learn five different dances when you first start? Mm-hmm. Yeah, for me, this is the best system I could have passed for my life about dancing because mm-hmm. I feel I feel ready to talk about now. Dance is my job, it's my career. So looking to this rhythm and that rhythm and that rhythm and understanding that. Um, Everything is dance. So you change a little bit the technique for one, for other, but if you understand the conception, it's all about staying balanced, leading well, communication. Mm-hmm. So as a body language, right? So sure. I feel very good that in Brazil we have this system because I didn't saw the system anywhere else mm-hmm. that I have been in the world. And I learned it for free. Not for free a hundred percent because I have to be there. So imagine that they, they offer me, they offer to me that I don't have to pay for the classes. Like a scholarship or something. Like a scholarship. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But I have to be there, uh, for example, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, at least three hours. Mm. But I was just about finishing my studies. So it was like, for me, I was there almost every, every day after school, I was running Mm. to the desk. So I was, I finished my, my school. I went. I went home, I eat something and I go dancing. I was almost every day like that. And so they don't have to, to, to worry about me. Yeah. Being there, you know? For sure. What did you study so, in the school? So that in the school, 
Mm-hmm. It was just the primary school, so I didn't went to the university because mm-hmm. I didn't want I didn't want to continue to as I felt that I was doing university in dance. For me, mm-hmm. it was like that because I have exams every year there. I uh, have to, for example, explain movements, explain uh, mm-hmm. like a female and like a male dancer. Yes, so yeah. the, I have to the male figure and the female figure. So let's say like this. So every year you have a different uh, exam and then you change level. And then at least you need to be there five, six years to be a teacher. Oh, wow. If you pass all the exams, <laughs> if you don't pass, then you're going to repeat, then it gets year, like year by year because there is only one exam a year. Mm. So it takes, it takes a little longer, but it has a full value for me. That for sure. the moment that I have when I learn at least the basic, the, our bottom dance, let's say like this, the pack, mm-hmm. the pack was four rhythms or three action. Samba, boleri, forho. Mm-hmm. No, four. It's so ching. So ching, it's our, like of rock and roll, our swing, our swing okay. dance. So, so ching, forho, uh, so ching, samba de gafier, bolero. Mm-hmm. With forho and forho was, let's say, added there if you would like to or not. For like was an not elective. Yeah, because it was not so uh, included on the pack. Mm. Because forho was big uh, alone, let's say like this. So there was a lot of more forho classes alone, mm. samba classes alone, bolero and sochinho, they were more together in group lessons mm. because I think the demand was not that huge. That was the reason why we have this in group. Mm. Understand, trying to understand the, the marketing uh, many years ago because <laughs> that sure. moment I didn't, I didn't think about it. Um, then we have the specific rhythms like salsa, bachata, those rhythms that you're going to be learning. Uh, you go to this, these lessons and they are very like uh, small public, let's say like this. Because the biggest public in Brazil it was for Samba de Gafiera mm. and for Hot. For Hot was is the biggest for Brazil. Because uh, it's a very traditional dance and it's kind of simple as well. There's your diffi- there's the difficulties of the dance, but it's uh, the sense is simple, so everyone likes to dance that. And then what happened that as I didn't pay and I can be there as long as I can as I want, and I have to help the students to grow. For example, I have to learn fast to mm-hmm. help the newcomers. So I did every class I could, every rhythm. So even jazz, hip hop. Uh, ballet lessons, mm-hmm. I did everything. So basically, I feel like I did a full pack <laughs> of, uh, exactly. of studying. I missed few things that I would like to learn more. Uh, that moment was not, I, did, I even didn't know, for example, West Coast Swing. Mm-hmm. At that moment, I even didn't know exist, for example. Mm-hmm. Uh, bachata as well was a little bit late. I was getting a little bit late in Brazil. But I, I picked bachata in Brazil, but West Coast Swing, I didn't, I didn't dance in Brazil. Hmm. Because there was no no public for that, and then for me, for me Brazil, it's in, in case of dance, it's complete because of that gives you uh, what you want and what you need, and even what you don't want, they're gonna <laughs> give you. But they know you need, you know, <laughs> they know yes. you need, and you should. So I think in case of preparing professional, 
Brazil, it's it's top one for me about social dance. For sure. Yeah, I've never heard of any extensive background like that for training the dancers. Uh, I haven't heard of a school that trains for five years, six years before you are a teacher. So that's really, really nice. And I guess that even just shows why it's not a mistake that uh, the Brazilian Zouk teachers are very well-versed and very skilled in this regard. So it makes sense. Uh, If I'm understanding your history correctly, you were in high school. And so you were finishing 16 years old. And so after you finished that and you graduated, then you just went there. I finished finished when I completed 18. Mm. So let's say I was dancing and studying for like two years. And then when I finished that, that my high school, I just uh, quit. I made the exams for the university. I passed for a few, few universities, but I didn't want to continue that. Mm. My family was kind of saying like, see well, pay attention well. It's your decision. No one going to judge your decision, but pay attention and see the balance, what you love the most. because. What you love the most is what you're going to do the best. Mm-hmm. And then when they said that for me, I know I want this. For you sure. Know. That's awesome. Um, going back to Alex, was Alex's partner Renata? At that moment, uh, if his partner was not the one when I get inside, it was uh, Anna, I guess. I forgot even her name. It's very it's so long time ago. Uh, and then one, two years later, one... I, after I started the, the, this, to be in school, mm-hmm. then he started with Renata Pesanya mm-hmm. and they were dancing for a few years together. Mm. I remember maybe to see like three, four choreographies of mm. them. Okay. So yeah, it's good. I know that uh, what I tend to see in Brazilian Zouk is that the instructors really like uh, pay their respect to their previous teachers. You know, so if you ask somebody in the States, that's like, oh, I train with William and William, he's trained with Alex and Alex is trained with. And then you go to the top to the original founders. Yeah, you can see you can see the whole tree. Mm-hmm. We are spreading the news. We always respect and we always say with who you learn this and this and that, you know, like we always say because it's important to keep the history, mm-hmm. you know. Once I'm very, very, very old, <laughs> and maybe I'm gonna be dancing a lot slowly than now, mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm gonna be able to say, like, you know, that person, uh-huh. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. Probably I would do that. Probably I would do that. No, but I think it's really good that that culture even affects the community of Brazilian Zouk here in the US. And uh, obviously, there's a lot of Brazilian artists that come to the U.S. to train and yeah. help us grow. And so it's good to have like this structure and to respect the tree of the, of the community, you know? Yeah, I really like I really like the way the zoo grow in U.S. Uh, better than I better than I better than I thought. Mm-hmm. And uh, seeing what happened, for example, with uh, Europe, Europe, when zoo gets here uh, in during the, t- the timing was getting a little bit confused which kind mm. of Zook you were dancing which so people are putting like titles on on Zook you know mm. so it gets a lot confused a lot confused uh and for me that was not the the best way how to grow you know you see salsa you see three styles and done you know and three very you see is different mm-hmm. you know Thousand one, thousand two, and Cuba. Mm-hmm. Period. You know, mm-hmm. and then they use other dances to support, like song, mm-hmm. cha cha, 
So it's to support the music I think to support the dance, but they don't say like, oh, I'm dancing salsa cha-cha. You know what I mean? <laughs> Do you, you understand now what I mean? Yes, yes. So it gets very confused. In U.S., it didn't get that confused. And I thought it would be because, of course, U.S. people, they are very dedicated in what they do and they like to grow things and they like to find new things and create mm. new things. So I was like, those guys going to pick Zook and they're going to create like a thousand other versions, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, but actually, they did respect a lot the rules and they did create things over the dance, but they still call the same. Most of them is still call the same. It's just a variation. It's just innovation. It's just, you know, but it's part of the same pack. So, yes. Yeah, so you're saying that you're proud of the way that the U.S. Uh, community has been growing. Yeah. 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 So um, one of my friends uh, is uh, Loa Riva, who puts on the Canada Zoo Congress. And oh, yeah. I've, mm, no, I've had some conversations with her and she's been trying to get me into Zook as well. But yeah, I remember yeah. her explaining like all the different styles of Zook, like Neo Zook and So Zook and, and things like that. But I think, yes, it's important to, to label the differences and things like that. But if you get too many, then it just is going to. Yeah, it's, important to it's important to title something that is really different. Mm hmm. Right, because uh, what what I mean is that I'm using the same dynamics when I'm dancing. I'm changing dynamics all the time. Depends, as you said at the beginning here of the interview, you said that we have so many songs, so many um, styles of mm-hmm. uh, of dance uh, music genres. So we can listen to R and B, hip hop, zuki, zomba, anything, and then you change your dynamic when you are dancing. To adapt better to those rhythms, right? Mm. So you step a little earlier, a little later, and then it creates a different flavor on your dance. But and then people start to call, ah, "I'm dancing this style, that style, that style," just because they are switching the dynamic a little, you know. Mm. But that I do my dance a lot. I change all the time, mm. but I don't put the names on what I am doing because I still dancing the same. I use the same movements. I use the same basic techniques, the same foundation, mm-hmm. you know. Different, for example, the Neo Zook. Neo Zook for me is a style of Zook dancing mm-hmm. because even the basic is different. So you see that is a completely full uh, structured dance, you know. So yeah, that's it's a, a full that's structured dancing. So I can see difference in between Zook. I can see difference in, differences in between Lambada, Mm-hmm. I can speak between now Zook, you know? So I consider those variations. Mm-hmm. But many, many others, I just don't consider much because we are doing the same. I am doing what they do too. Yes. You know? <laughs> you know? Yes. So I don't consider this. And for me, it's the best way how to grow something. When you put so many, you create subgroups, you know? And then you never see the big group together. Mm-hmm. The massive group, you know? Definitely. Yes, that makes a lot of sense. So, uh, going back to your history and your dance, you said that you were uh, dancing and you studied and you became an instructor and yeah. you started to get more recognized as Zook. So, how did your story go from starting Zook and I guess getting more well known? Because I'm guessing when you first started, maybe there weren't festivals and things like that all over to travel to yet. Yeah. No, when I started, there was not much. Uh, there was not there was not much information mm-hmm. on the social media as we have right now. It was very difficult. We we use 
uh, CDs and uh, <laughs> USBs. Uh, so every time I go teach, I have a huge bag full of CDs, you know, mm-hmm. that I just recorded with uh, trying to pick new songs and record new CDs to, to do that, mm-hmm. to do uh, different musics on the class. It was there was no option of put it down the BPM or put it high the BPM, you know? Yeah, so, definitely. So it was, I have to have this low CD, the fast CD. The, mm-hmm. So it changed, it changed completely the, the life, right? For sure. And, uh, what, we, what, we, what was the main uh, topic? Yeah, I was trying to see like when you started getting recognized for Zook and how that became into you starting to get recognized internationally. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And then further after this, we'll talk about how I you went met to, I went to part of the topic. So I get more recognized after we have more social media, right? We can see, we could see more uh, videos and people could watch me more as well. When I win a competition too, I uh, get second position on one competition in Brazil. Then I, I win first position on the second international uh, competition. Mm. And then I get second again. So I was always there on the, on the podium and people start to watch because they want to know what is Zook. So my first international travel was, the reason was the owner of the event, he wants just for different styles. So mm-hmm. he has Davi and Polina, they were champion of South at the time. They have me, myself, I was champion of Zook at the time. Uh, they have another couple who was champion of Bachata. So they have, they want to bring that and they search and they found it together with uh, Becky from mm-hmm. Leo. That's with Leo, Becky Crystal. She, she knows him and then she thought about me too. And then he gets confirmed he wants me. And that was my first trip was to New Zealand. New Zealand Pacific nice. South Congress. Nice. So first international trip and was the, the, the further international man, it was different than take a bus. It was different yeah. than, How know. long was the flight? I remember we passed to Buenos Aires, then we get connection, then we go to another place. I don't remember what was the place. Then we get to New Zealand. That takes took us maybe twenty something hours. Wow. That's crazy. And the far trip I had before was 14 hours in the bus. Mm. You know, so for me, it was completely different. It was a new world and it was uh, exciting. It was yeah. exciting. The hours was crazy. Yeah, I didn't speak English. I didn't speak English at all. I was trying to put together words and creating sentences that sometimes it doesn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. And, but I had a, a friend that helped me at that time. And I think uh, the experience at the beginning that I have with the, with the language makes me feel like stronger. I mm-hmm. want to learn and I want to express myself out of Brazil. And that I think was the biggest change when I decided, no, I have to learn. I want, I want to learn English. I'm going to educate myself more mm-hmm. and I'm going to be able to talk, to say to the world exactly the techniques that I have been learning. Because without the words, I couldn't explain exactly, ah, your legs go this way, that way, because of this, this, and that. Mm -hmm. So my explanation was kind of empty. It was more like watching me and try. (laughs) And I mean, it works if somebody learns visually, but if not, then it doesn't make sense. But the communication is really, really important. And 
obviously when you have international instructors, it's important for them to study English. So it's able to open up more doors for them as they start to travel on the international festival circuit, you know? That's what I it was a big, it was a big, uh, change on my career when I decided that and when I really go for it, because many events were missing Brazilians that could speak English too. Mm. Not only good dancers, but a good dancer that could communicate, that could transfer the, the knowledge. For sure. So I think that was a big, big step that helps me a lot. Mm-hmm. So this event that you mentioned in New Zealand, was that with Paloma or did you meet her later? I was, was with Paloma. Okay, so we, we jumped ahead. How, how did you meet Paloma? How did you guys start the I partnership? Meet, I meet her. Yes. First, we were only boyfriend and girlfriend. We meet each other on the dance floor, on the school. We meet each other. We like each other. We were together. And mm-hmm. I was dancing with another partner. <clears throat> I had compete already with this partner. I get second position with that partner already. Mm-hmm. And uh, Paloma was more like student. She, she danced well, but she was not thinking about future with dance, nothing. And I pushed her a little. I was like, hey, let's do it. Let's do it. Because mm-hmm. my other partner... She likes Zook a lot and she all, all, only want to learn Zook and train Zook. Mm. And as you told me from the beginning of the interview, I like other styles and it's, it's necessary for me. Mm-hmm. So I, it didn't match. We decided not to continue together. Mm-hmm. And then I invited Paloma. I was like, you love everything like, like I do. We could train. I could help you and I train you. And then we can start together. She was mm-hmm. scared at the beginning, but she was full of patience. She loved to dance and then it was easy. It was easy for her to get everything and she was learning quick and understanding everything. We connect very easy with each other. But and then uh, after, let's say one year, something dancing together, we already had the, tr- the trips and everything. We decided not to stay together as a, a couple anymore, as a partner, as a couple, a life mm-hmm. couple. Uh, but we wanted to continue dance because we, we like the connection. We like the what we have, but we're mixing a lot, the job and the relation. So then yeah, it gets complicated. It gets we, complicated. We, choose, we choose one. We choose the one that was working the best mm-hmm. <laughs> at that moment, you know? Uh, so then, uh, then we grow together. Basically, after she evolved a little bit more, she studied other things too. And uh, basically, she started with Renata Pesanya. She started learning with her. Mm. So after that, we just share a lot of knowledge and grow together. Having her supporting our, our partnership was important because she's very clever person. I learned a lot. I have been learning a lot with her. And uh, I think a lot of the initiatives, you know, a lot of the steps that we have done on our career mm-hmm. uh, was well done or better done because of her. Mm-hmm. Uh, in case of quality, in case of image, you know, so she's a big deal, big part of our <laughs> partnership. Mm-hmm. That's awesome that you were able to have her support. And obviously, you know, when you have a really good partner, that would just help you grow even more. Uh, I like the concept of almost like having a coach for your partnership to help you come up with different moves and just to add a different perspective. Because sometimes if it's just the two people there, sometimes they get caught up in their own circle, their own bubble. But if you see somebody else, they can kind of just help uh, widen the perspective a little bit. You I know? completely agree. That's why I love companies. I love dance companies. I was part of many dance companies on my career mm. where I have been learning a lot with, uh, with other dancers. 
and all the directors. So that was a big experience too, to dance next to other people. That was dancing a lot that you have to learn to dance well, like that person, you know, to be, to be next to him or next to her. Mm-hmm. So for me, it, was, it helps a lot to grow and have a coach for me is a lot important. Uh, I don't have one specific, but I always have my friends like Kadu, mm-hmm. like Arthur or Leo or uh, my wife, Irene, because she's, she's like a crazy ballroom dancer as well. Mm-hmm. She was two times European champion too. So I asked her, please, can you watch it us, help us correct arms and everything? And so I always have the support of my, my dance friends. No, that's awesome to have that support for sure. Uh, you mentioned dance companies. I know that you have the, I'm not sure how to pronounce your last name exactly, but the William Texteda Dance Company, yes? Yeah, yeah. Can you tell yeah. us a little bit about that? So the WT company is not only a dance company. We are not dance company focused on creating choreographs right now, performances. We are basically uh, transferring information. We want to share knowledge. Uh, we have, for example, Yachin Gigi. I have Paulo mm-hmm. as well. All the couples <clears throat> that are training with us, that we are supporting them, bringing our knowledge as well for free. Mm-hmm. So the way, the way they gave to me on that time before, I want to give for some other people. Mm-hmm. As I don't have right now a chance to do to have a big school here or do some project like that. Uh, I try to do around the world for the people that I, I see that they want really to grow and they want to uh, uh, get something with this. Dude. Mm-hmm. So, and creating events. The WT company create events as well, like Madrid's Bachata Congress, like uh, the Singapore Festival as well. Mm-hmm. We help them with the organization and with the, basically the, uh, how to say, the, the program, right? What yeah, you, for sure. What you're going to 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 do at the event? What's the times and everything? So and workshops around the world as well. So we have many events that we support that we create and we bring our uh, structure. Let's say uh, the timing, what time to stop, what time to start, and everything. And uh, basically, is that I think the WT it's share knowledge. Mm-hmm. Basically, our focus is share knowledge and create a better dancers and people that wants to grow. For sure. I love taking classes with Nat and Gigi. Um, they're very, they study a lot. You can tell yeah. that they're really dedicated to get better and to really give the best information that they are able to give, you know? Ah, they're amazing. They're amazing. They are so focused. It's so good to get messages from them because it's always like a clever messages, clever questions, or mm-hmm. it's about some uh, topics. It's, it's really good. To have them mm-hmm. on the team. <laughs> For sure. And I like that you said, the, you mentioned the questions that they ask. Because from my experience, when I'm in a workshop and yeah. one student asks like a very, very good question, but as an instructor, you just know your mind is in the right place. And so it's just like, yes, this is an awesome question. Let me answer that question. And it's awesome because of A, B, C, D, E, F, G. And then it yeah. just helps them You're learn more. excited, yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, this has been a, a really awesome interview. Um, one last thing that I wanted to ask before we finish, uh, I've seen videos of you dancing Kizomba. 
and Irving yeah. Kiss. So I didn't know this about you because I don't think there's a lot of overlap between like Irving Kiss and Brazilian Zouk. Um, no. So yeah. I'm curious uh, how you see the differences in the dance and the musicality because obviously Irving Kiss is a little bit more structured and it could be a little bit more precise. And with Brazilian Zouk, it's like the infinity symbol with all the curves and the flowing. So yeah, uh, I'm curious how both have influenced you. So for me, the connection that both, both have on the basic step mm -hmm. are the same. For me, it's really similar. Uh, the way we connect, we connect from the middle of our bodies. We are not like inclined from the top or mm -hmm. laying on the back, you know. We are connecting, like for me, like like an X, you know, yes. mm -hmm. creating space for the hips and creating space for the chest as well. So for me, the connection in case of embrace, it's the same. And for me, Kizomba helps me to get even uh, soft mm. with, uh, with my leading because I was focused a lot more when I'm dancing uh, Kizomba. I'm focused a lot more on my leading, especially with the body. Mm. because sometimes I am not really using my hand for nothing you know definitely and Zook you're still using your hand a lot you mm -hmm. know uh, but and then I connect more I think my Zook get better about in case of leading and follow because of that Kizomba influenced a lot on this and I think my Kizomba is influenced by the Zook musicality uh, even when I watch other Kizomba dancers and I try to understand what they hear in the song. I try to understand which kind of musicality they are going for. Or they go for instruments. Are they going for vocals? Are they going mm. for beats? You know, I get kind of crazy sometimes. Me too. Uh -huh. but, but you see that different styles and different dances, they go for different... Uh, elements in the music. Elements in the music. So I was like, okay, so I basically, I can introduce my elements or, what, uh, or my perspective on the music. Mm -hmm. Especially because Zouk music, the structure of the music, is the same as the Kizomba. Mm -hmm. It's just Kizomba has got a more, let's say, more kicks. Yes, definitely. And the, 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 the Zouk is focused more on the snares, you know, mm -hmm. like collapse and snares. And, um, but for me, the structure is almost the same. The counting is the same. We, we do Bina counting. We do two, four counting. So it's much easier to understand. Uh, I'm much used to it. For and sure. The difference is for me, it has just on the, um, the, the size of the steps, right? Mm -hmm, <laughs> definitely. We use a lot more shorter steps, but the dynamics and the options that we have are huge as well on Kizomba. Let's say maybe six years ago, no, but today, yes. Yes, yes. very true. A lot of uh, opportunity and options and directions and options. So for me, Kizomba gets a lot more interesting. Mm -hmm. And I started to learn more Kizomba when I was in Prague. I was in Czech Republic and I have a friend there. He was amazing. Uh, his name is Jamba. Mm -hmm. and, uh, Jamba and Teka. Teka yes. is from Czech Republic. And with them, I learned a little bit more. I could watch them. I could learn a little bit with them. And uh, it was, was great because they were very traditional. So I get this traditional flavor. And the good and, foundation, uh, you know? Uh, exactly. Then I, I felt good because, okay, uh, I didn't know much about Kizomba that time. Mm -hmm. And I just started on the right way, like, getting more traditional things. And then traveling to the congresses, a lot of cr crossover congresses. Mm -hmm. So I could take many lessons with many, many other dancers. So I took lessons with Albir, I took lessons with um, 
ay, ena, ay, very lessons. Oh, that uh, Felicien, I love him mm-hmm. a lot because he's so soft, Lily. Yes, I he really is. Like so for me, it just gives me a lot more background. Kizomba gives me a lot back, a lot of background and influence on my zook a lot. Mm-hmm. And I think my zook influence on my Kizomba. For I sure. decided to do a choreo on my uh, uh, Kizomba choreo. And we did, and it was a big boom too, because people were sending messages like crazy, like, oh my God, this choreography is so, so good. It's so connected with the music. Mm-hmm. So I haven't I seen surprised. I was surprised, yet. you know, because people from Kizomba were sharing that. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> you know? So, How long ago was the Kizomba choreo? The Kizomba was short. It was three minutes, I think. But like it was this year, last year? Was uh, we did last year? We did last year, mm. and at the beginning, at the beginning of last year, and uh, we record like a uh, professional uh, dancing mm-hmm. outside as well. So we did the choreo with the costume, but on the street. Mm-hmm. It's really nice, and uh, we get a lot of good feedbacks, and people are inviting us to to start to to teach on the city. Then we open our classes. We had a full classes of Kizomba mm-hmm. as well. So it was like we're growing, and it was getting more interesting for me to learn more Kizomba and as well to share more knowledge. I haven't seen this video, so I'm going to have to find that video and we can put it in the show notes for the podcast. You can, you can, you find this on the, because in the Kizomba show, it's with my, my wife. We mm-hmm. work together with Bachata and Kizomba and Salsa. With Paloma, I work more with Zook and Samba. Mm-hmm. Uh, so then you can find on William and Irene. Uh, I don't know what it is. Slash. Like underscore, underscore mm-hmm. dancers. Okay, William and Irene slash dancers. Okay, underscore. Sorry, underscore dancers. Yes, I will <laughs> so, look for it. And then you find the video there for sure. Mm-hmm. One thing that I've noticed watching some of your demos is the musicality. You know, sometimes it's easy to just execute the moves, but then you have to take that move and show that you're dancing to the music that is playing right now. You know. Because it's easy to just, oh, I'm just going to step and just do my basics, but I'm doing the same eight count pattern that I could do to any song that has an eight count. But if you don't make it uh, very specific to the song that's playing right now within those elements, then sometimes uh, it can get lost in translation a little bit, you know? Yeah. For me, musicality, it's everything. I learned music too. I played my instruments. I played uh, guitar. Not as good as before because <laughs> I don't have much time now to do it. Mm-hmm. But I have a music knowledge. I had the chance as well to talk with Kaka a lot. I talk with DJ, DJ Kaka a lot. Mm-hmm. She exchanged a lot of things and she gives me a lot of uh, knowledge that I didn't know too. So it helps a lot to build up um, and understanding. Now we have our philosophy. We have our understandment about music, mm. counting, dynamics. We have five different dynamics that I, we know that we are doing when we are dancing. We don't create the dynamics. We just analyze our own dancing videos mm. and we say, okay, I'm stepping this time, I'm stepping on that time, and now I change. I'm not stepping this, I'm stepping earlier. So we recognize that. And uh, for me, it's adapting the movement to the song using those five dynamics that we searching for mm. and that creates a lot of freedom because basically that five dynamics you can step anywhere in the music without be outing of the uh, without mm. be out of rhythms so you can step in any kind of element that you can hear so if you can hear guitar you can, can hear piano lyrics beat, vocals gonna, yeah 
one dynamic gonna fit better for one instrument, another dynamic gonna fit better for this and that. Hmm. So this is structure for me. It's very interesting. I just did last month um, intensive course where we have the whole month uh, doing two hours mm-hmm. per week. Talk one hour, just knowledge, just talking about, just showing patterns, just showing like um, uh, schedules and everything. And the next hour, practicing, moving, and understanding on the body. We have one full month like that. And it was great. Uh, people were sending videos. We have homework where they send videos to us. I take a look on the videos. It was really great. Really great stuff. So mm-hmm. music for me, it's, it's all you dance in the song or don't dance. You know? Like, Definitely. <laughs> That's awesome. Okay. We are getting close to the hour mark. And so thank you so much for sharing your knowledge and a piece of your perspective. Um, to close the podcast is just two questions. Uh, first one is how do people reach you? And the second one will be if you have some inspirational advice for the dancers out there. Okay. How do people reach me? It's easy. I'm focused more on Instagram. So if you'd like to see what I'm doing, basically I'm promoting more on Instagram, Mm. Facebook as well. Facebook is William Teixeira uh, de Boa. And uh, Instagram, I have uh, three Instagrams that you can be searched for what we are doing. It's William Teixeira dot dancer, uh, William and Paloma dot dancers mm-hmm. and William and Irene, uh, underscore score dancer. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Okay. I wouldn't put those find us on Instagram. We are posting basically every day, something mm-hmm. every day we are posting something or videos or classes or information or even myself in the beach. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so you can take a look. Mm-hmm. All right. And, and the last question was inspiration and or advice for the listeners. Okay, inspiration, inspiration or advice. One advice I give always to my students: it's if you want to dance, and if you, it doesn't matter what you want with the dance. Because some people think, okay, I'm just one doing for fun. I'm just doing for hobby. I'm just doing, but do a very well hobby or do a very well fun. Mm. So stud, grow, and enjoy maximum because dance gives a lot of benefits for your mind and for your body. Okay, mm. so even if you're doing for your hobby, even if you're doing if you're doing professional, if you stud for real every day if you can, and take this as a passion, take this as a passion. Go there, look every day. Every day you look on video or you go to your class. Uh, you go, you get full full of energy. You're always gonna be dancing better and better and better. There's not a stop a on stopping your point. Mm-hmm. Exactly. There's no stopping point. This will be uh, forever. It's a science, so it's growing forever. Please mm-hmm. don't stop learning and keep growing. You're gonna have even much more fun with that. Uh, this is an advice I gave to you. Uh, an inspiration. I could say. Inspire yourself on the person. Inspire yourself not only on on the person that you take as an idol. Mm. Try to take a look on everything around, for you don't get only one perspective of something. I always ask my students to go take lessons with other teachers, mm. or, because I'm not. I don't have the whole knowledge you need. So if you take a look on me. Thank you so much. 
and go and take a look in all the dancers as well and go check what they are doing because you're going to get a lot more influence and you're going to have much more background and much more points of view and this will help you to grow. So um, for me, taking inspiration not only one, but go searching for the whole world because there's a lot more to see. Definitely, for sure. Well, William, thank you so much for your time. And I know it's getting late for there for you and you have the baby and everything. Yeah, but we still have a lot of flight here. Yes, I see. The long summer days. We have like till 10, 10.30 there's light here. Really? Wow, that's crazy. So um, once again, thank you so much for sharing your knowledge um, and your inspiration and your history and things like that. Uh, with the podcast, I'm just trying to put more information and knowledge out there for people to listen to because not everybody can sit down for one hour to talk to you and talk about the whole history every time, you know? So thank you for taking that time out. And if I see you at another crossover festival, we can definitely do an exchange for Zook and Urban Kiss. That would be lovely. Mm -hmm. I love to do that and that would be amazing. Please, let's do it. Yes, <laughs> definitely. Thank you for checking out the Dance Your Heart on Fire podcast today. Be sure to check out neokizomba.com for links to everything that we chatted about today, as well as some awesome free resources to enhance your Kizomba journey. You like that space?